Welcome to the Butts and Seats podcast, episode number 41. 41. I love how when we start these episodes, you immediately go into your NPR voice, and it devolves throughout the episode, but you always start the episode with your NPR voice. I, I didn't think that was, okay, that was meant to be high energy. No, <laughs> it, it's always, very, it starts out very like, I'm, I'm happy to be here, man. And then you turn into, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I'm also realizing that because I start with that, it never leaves an opening to do the, where we take a look at the slow but inevitable downfall on a week-by-week basis of WCW. And you just slide it in like that. There you go. Yep. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about Bash of the Beach 1999, one of the most insignificant bashes of the beach I think they've ever done. I was waiting. I was waiting this whole show for something to happen. Next year's is very famous for reasons I literally cannot tell you because they are such massive spoilers. Well, we'll get there in a year. So when Peacock was like, put this on, I'm like, no. Oh, that's what you were freaking Oh, Danny, no. Oh, Danny, no. The pipes, the pipes are not calling. But yeah, this is episode number 41. Uh, There are a couple left in this apartment. Yeah, we have like, what, two, three left? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god, we're moving so soon, <laughs> We're also recording this the day after Valentine's Day, which really dates how long the editing process will take on this. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll crank it out, who knows. Happy Valentine's Day to all who celebrated a week ago. <laughs> or two. Or two. Or, or a th- month ago, we yeah. don't know. Merry Christmas to those who are listening. <laughs> Delete is appropriate. Cut that, cut that, cut that. So, do you even want to get into this? Well, it's in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, we don't we don't have a game this week to um, slow us down from barreling headfirst into... No, but I will say that I am mad about something that happens in this episode because of our game last week. Okay, I think I might know what it is, but <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, actually, we I lied. We do have a little bit of a game. It's The Price is Right. Emily, how many pay-per-view buys did Bash at the Beach 1999 do? Okay, well, I know it's bad because you were looking up the numbers earlier and you made a noise. So for scale, last month did 185,000 buys. And this did more or less? Less. Okay, what do you think? 150. Did 175. Okay, not as few as I thought. Now, the noise you heard was me reacting to what it did the previous year. (sighs) Emily, how many buys did Bash the Beach 1998 do? I'm going to guess it did significantly more. Can I get a number? 250. 580,000 oh buys. Oh no. <laughs> so, hold on. Let's I, let me just do a bit of math here. Um Oh my god. That is 30% of the business. Oof. Yeah, so, um, things are rough. Yikes. Oh, and apparently the Megadeth um, segment of Nitro did a 2.13, the lowest rated segment of Nitro in years and or ever. I'm kind of shocked that that's the lowest in years slash ever. I think, I'm, I'm sorry, shocked sorry, that's something else. Sorry, thus far. No, I'm just thinking, I'm shocked that something else up to now hasn't been lower. I don't know what it would have been, but there have been some stinker segments. Yeah, but those were all at least like wrestling as opposed to, hey, here's a band you very likely don't care about performing. Mm. 
It's not like you advertise, hey, Goldberg's coming out at the end of this. Fair. No, I'm just thinking, like, the Master P segments. Yeah, you still had Ray involved. I guess, but when it was just, like, that clusterfuck of um, No Limit Soldiers just in the ring. It was a birthday party. No, not even that one. Like, one before that. They're just in the ring, and you can't you can't see Master P. You don't know what's going on. Like, I mean, I mean, probably at this point, Master P is a bigger star than Megadeth. So, at least there's yeah, a, potentially a little more crossover. Uh, Master P not here tonight. No, but the No Limit Soldiers are well, kind of some of them. The wrestling group portion is the rest of the entourage is not. So let's uh, let's actually get into this. Bash of the Beach, 1999, on uh, Slurpee Day, 1999. Was it on 7-Eleven? Yep. Oh, I'll be damned. Everybody go get your free Slurpees. Live from, like, the Rent-A-Car Center in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Which did you find that as ironic as I did? Because of the junkyard? No, the Rent-A-Car Center, because the, all the storylines about the Hummer and the van. And oh. I was like, interesting to do it in a Rent-A-Car Center. It's just the I name thought of it was the, funny. Just the name I of know. the arena. It just sounded so ring that I remembered it. It did. But I, I took note of that mentally. I was like, hmm, tie-in. So they have an opening video package for the show, which has no narration or anything. So if you didn't watch Nitro, it literally makes no sense. The the editing on this made it... I don't. I can't really explain it. That intro video felt so 90s. I don't know if it was the editing with the jump cuts and like the, the glitchy kind of seizure-esque sort of like flashes i don't know it just felt so 99 like very dated i don't know i can't really explain it there's a very drastic difference between this and the rest of the video packages we get tonight yes in which yeah this just has music like they've not figured out how to do more than one audio track no you either have music or you have talking you cannot have both i understand this is the time the era of film there's no like digital i guess but that can't be that hard, right? There's digital. Is there? Yeah. I don't know. But also, just in general, multi-track is not that complicated That can't a thing. be hard, yeah. Guess what? Film has been doing, you know, montages like that since, you know, almost the dawn of film. True. It just... I don't... Are they just being lazy or are they being cheap? Both? Maybe. So we go to the arena and Tony and Bobby check in of... Uh, Bobby is in rare form tonight. Bobby could not give less of a shit about what's going on. But in the I love. But I loved it. <laughs> I love Bobby because he had some, he had some great quips again. I didn't take note of too many of them, but a lot of them just felt like that's your real that's your real opinion, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you're shining it up a little bit, but I I feel like you believe that. I don't know entirely if he has production in his ear, telling him like shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. So they note that the tag match is suddenly for the world title. Tag match main event. Yes. I'm like, oh, that's new. Apparently, they got, that got announced on Thunder. Okay. Not really a lot of logic for that, but, you know. No, and we'll get into why that whole thing makes zero sense later. And I'm like, is this a fatal four-way? And it's like, no, it's uh, it's just a regular... It's still, it's it's still a tag. It's just a tag match. But Sting can pin Kevin Nash to win. But in a regular tag match, that wouldn't make sense. It's not legal. We're going to get to it later. Yeah. Now, can we also acknowledge Tony and Bobby's attire? And the fact and, that um, I just got up to change into a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, let it be known that Nick is wearing a um, Baltimore Orioles Hawaiian shirt that I got for him for free at a baseball game last summer. Yes, I was supposed to go to the game and then I had to work. 
so I took my friend. Um, but no, it wasn't even just the two guys on commentary. It was a Mike Tanay at the junkyard, too. He was all dressed up. And Gene. And Gene. Gene was in one, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dave Penzer and Michael Buffer did not dress up. Can you imagine Michael Buffer in an Aloha shirt? Very easily. So, yeah, it's very much a beach kind of theme here. Like, like the stage is basically a bait and tackle shop. Yeah, I really like the stage. I thought it looked good. I thought the foreground looked good, and then the background was just like one big backdrop. And well, like, 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 it wasn't enough. You needed a little bit more. It was better than Halloween Havoc. Just the giant inflatable. The giant pumpkin. Yeah. With, with, with the gargoyle. Yes. It's better than that. That is my bar. So they talk up some of the matches and then throw it over to Gene. Who, yeah, rocking the purple Hawaiian shirt and like very dark sunglasses. But what Gene says in this little segment is just now confusing me. Like in this moment is really like, what, why? I have a theory on who it is. and. Okay. The issue is my theory is directly tied into the main event. So in this segment, Mean Gene says, you guys won't believe who's backstage. It's insane. Call the hotline and find out. And like that plug alone is just annoying. But now I'm trying to think like, who does he think is backstage and is wild and crazy? Ask me again at the main event. Okay. So Gene then throws the mic today at the junkyard and it's... It's it looks like it's like daytime there. It looks like, and I'm like, oh, did you guys pre-tape this? It's no, like, no. His spies told him the location of the junkyard, so oh, he yes. had to go find it. <laughs> His who's Mike Tanay's spies? I don't know. It actually did look like I'm like, okay, this could be cool, and mm-hmm. they're, they're like, oh, the way you win is by like escaping, and I'm like, so it's it's a cage match, yeah, but the I'm cage like, is cars. And we missed. Because commentary like didn't note it during any of the weeks of Nitro, but a couple weeks ago, Ric Flair just went, yeah, no more hardcore matches. Did we not see that? I thought we did see that. No. That was on Thunder. But Mike today notes that he doesn't know who will turn up. They might be in WCW. Could be anybody. It's unsanctioned. Yeah. the, the uh, uh, Just the culmination of that is underwhelming. Yeah. But we'll get there. Speaking of underwhelming. We are starting this and, show hot. And, and speaking of previous nitros, oh uh, we start off with the cat versus the Disco Inferno, as they call him, in a dance-off. Uh, apparently, at one point, this was being advertised as a loser can't dance in WCW. Yeah. I was they gonna, went, yeah, no, we're not doing that. I was going to ask you if that was a stipulation thrown on at, like, Thunder. I guess. I think that would have made it more fun. This was the exact same match that we watched on Nitro. Hold on. You need to give credit. It's the exact same segment and then match. Yes. Complete with the fact that it suddenly becomes a match out of nowhere. I think we could probably side by side this with last week's match and the moves would probably be the same. I thought about it. <laughs> just like, just spliced it in as opposed to us. Our... I was so livid when they came out and they're like, it's a, we're, we're redoing the dance contest. I'm like, yeah. Who asked for this? So cat, Not me. So the cat comes I didn't. Out and he- I don't want this. <laughs> and heals on the crowd. However, something I, I didn't know I wanted. The disco, disco ball filter. Disco and neon? Oh, no. no. The disco ball filter's back. Oh, I forgot. I didn't realize that it was gone. It was gone. Yeah, it was gone for a while. I think huh. literally like it was on our first episode and then within a couple weeks, Disco joined the NWO and they stopped doing it. I did love his neon outfit though. The bright green. Oh my God. I had a question for you. Because the cat goes first. Is that his actual music? The music is not his regular theme that we know it as. Was it not? I'm pretty sure <laughs> they the forgot cracks? to dub it 
And this is his actual James Brown music. I, I, I honestly, I, I wasn't paying that close attention to the dance contest. I found it funny that they edited. I'm pretty sure that they didn't dub that. I'm pretty positive that that is the original music. However, what they did choose to edit in this match. Did you notice the blurred out poster behind them? Yes. Did you see what it said? WWF bites. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know why it's censored? WWF. Yes. Yeah. Because. But they chose to edit that, but they didn't change out the music. Yeah. So, but they changed it when he came out. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I did find it interesting because apparently that's just a weird anomaly you'll see sometimes, you know, on Peacock and the network of like, okay, where like where is this file from? And it's like, okay, yeah, this one has. All the WWF stuff blurred because that's not WCW blurring it. That's WWF blurring right. it once they got it. Once they got it. So yeah, it, it so was funny. definitely weird. There is a shot in the literally like in the celebration of the main event where it's like very clearly the background of yeah. a shot where I feel they like just, they were trying to get something important. They just didn't. Edit. I I think it's funny what they choose to edit and what they don't. Yeah, like they uh they really just ignore a lot of the um, F word chants with Lenny and Lodi. Like they like oh those can yeah. stay in. But no, this match also pissed me off. I'm sorry. I'm going to rant about this match a little bit. I have a lot of feelings. So the cat comes out and he's dancing to his James Brown music. I shouldn't say dancing because he doesn't even do, Nick, he doesn't even do the stupid footwork thing. You know what he does in the dance contest? Nick, he walks in a circle. He walks in one circle and is like, there, I did it. I win. I'm the best. You didn't even try, my guy. And then Disco, Disco comes out and he does the exact same dance that he did last week. Which is really just one move. Yeah, it's just the Disco move. But you can't even call this a dance contest because only one guy did any kind of dancing. <sighs> so Disco does his one dance move and then ducks a clothesline. Apparently this is a match now, which I think is the same thing I wrote when last time. <laughs> but again, commentary says, oh, the bell rang, now it's a match. The bell never rang. Did it not? The bell never rang. I'm so heated about this stupid fucking match. <laughs> so Disco gets dumped to the outside and Sonny Ono hits a good amount of kicks. And I think I realized, when they, oh yeah, we didn't even notice, we didn't actually know that Sonny Ono was out here. Oh yeah. I here. think I've been spelling his name wrong or they changed the spelling because oh, no. here it had two O's at the end. Oh, that's new. No, it was never O-N-O-O. Yeah. It, it, here it was. And I'm like, what? What? Yeah. On the that's graphic. Or, I don't know. On commentary, Tony Schiavone notes that it's odd not having Mike today on commentary with him because he's at the junkyard. And I'm like, bud, he hasn't been on commentary <laughs> in months. This is not new. It's been you and Bobby for a long time now, man. Oh, I forget what uh, video package spawned the thought in my head. But like, remember when Eric Bischoff was on commentary for a couple segments Randomly, each week? yeah. Ugh. Bischoff, also not in the show. He hasn't been seen in a while. All right, so we get a um, standing sidekick from the cat, which is basically his one main move in this. And then he does a lot of dancing and then tries to the pain and commentary. He's like, he's so fucking stupid. So he, I, I went full JR there. <laughs> he did more dancing in this portion of the quote unquote match than he did in the dance contest. I'm naming a move for the cat where I, the best way I can describe it is my name for it, which is the, the wobbly chop. The wobbly jump? Yeah, when someone is down, he kind of like does like a weird seizure dance and then tries for a, a chop to a downed opponent. Oh, okay. The wobbly chop. I like that. 
Disco goes up to Brett's rope and does a good bit of dancing, then still hits the elbow drop. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's just part of your thing now. Because usually that's a, okay, you're not going to hit it now. Right. This match went way too long. It could have gone for 30 seconds and it would have been too long. Yeah. Cat hits a big kick, kick out. Disco goes for the stunner, but it's countered. And then the cat hits the same kick. Uh, he does go for the shoe, but Disco takes the shoe from him. Well, Cat, I don't know whether we were supposed to hear it. Cat also loudly calls shoe. Oh, really? I <laughs> yeah. missed that. I'm like, I guess in K, I guess in kayfabe you could be calling something. I don't know for it, but like he very much was just like yelling it. Well, yeah. Was that a call to Disco to be like, hey, you're ready to sell a shoe? Or was it to Sunny to, like, give me the shoe? Yeah, was that a kayfabe call or a shoot call? Or was it a shoe call? Get out. <laughs> so, yeah, he goes for the shoe, and Disco stomps the cat's foot before he can put it on. Then he takes the shoe and hits Cat in the head with it, but there's a delayed count from the ref, because Sunny Ono is distracted in the ref, so the cat kicks out. Then we get a distraction, shoe, kick, and the cat wins. Oh, sorry. I wrote distraction, shoe, kick, win, cape. Oh, I, didn't, I think I zoned out by the end of this match because I didn't even see the cape this time. Emily, there were two capes. There were two capes? There were t- two capes? Two capes? Yeah, because there's the first cape, which is like red. And then he brings out a different gold cape. And I'm oh like, what? God. How did I miss and this? And it was not reversible. So it was like, oh, this is a second cape. <laughs> this is a special cape. No, I, after this match, I literally just like, I remember putting my head in my hands and just like, I don't want to watch the rest of this show. Bobby Heenan does actually speculate. Like, like, I'm pretty sure there's like something in the shoe. So I'm like, okay, thank you for at least... Adding a little bit of logic to that. Yes, because it's just a freaking shoe. Like, yeah. shoes are not illegal. And, like, it's Weapons a, are illegal. Like, if there a, are fucking brass knucks in the shoe, sure, it's illegal. Yeah, like, it's and also, like, it's dance shoes. It's not like, you know, it's steel-toed boots exactly. where it's like, oh, shit, like, this is illegal. Like, no, it's just a dance shoe, so. Ugh, I don't I'm know. so yeah. dead after this. It, it should be known that we watched this show almost entirely separately because of, like, schedules and Nick was traveling and... I watched this in three sittings just because I the, the, the show as a whole. I just kept dying. <laughs> now, Emily, I have a very important question for you about this match. Hmm. Is this match the second best match of the night? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I think it is. I don't want to talk about it, Nick. <laughs> so, so we go from that to a WCW.com interview with uh, Judge Mills Lane, who will be refereeing the boxing match later. He actually came off pretty good here. Came off pretty natural, you know. Like he, he, he he's a TV judge, so he obviously has experience. Yeah, you know, in like front of people, be, yeah, and like being a person and not being a person. Well, like being able to talk. So I was like, oh yeah, he came off pretty genuine here. They were interviewing him about like the Mike Tyson fight. Apparently, he was the referee for the famous boxing match between Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, where Mike Tyson bit off like part of Holyfield's ear. Yes, which remember that. <laughs> I would have killed for a graphic here, though, because I had no idea who that man was. I figured it out through context clues, but I would have, if they had just, like, thrown a little graphic up that said Judge Mills Lane, that's all I would have needed. Yeah, Emily's out here like, wow, Ralph has lost weight. (laughs) So commentary then says it's time for the TV title match, and then we get the first of many very long clip show video. It's like, is it even a video package? It's a clip show. Because it's just, okay, in order, here's yeah. what happened. If you watched Nitro last week, you didn't have to. Yeah, it's like five-minute clips, it feels. At least it, it feels, feels like. like it feels like I would like to go back and see how much of the show is dedicated to these video packages. Yeah, they, they are, they are stretching. They are yeah. padding the runtime with Seriously. this. Seriously. 
Because it wasn't even, like, fun editing or, like, new eye-catching whatever. It's literally just beat for beat what happened in the storyline, which can be helpful if you didn't watch Nitro last week. But we did. So I took that time to just, like, kind of zone out and not pay attention, which was needed. So the actual match is Rick Steiner versus Van Hammer for the television title. So what I will give commentary credit again this week. So I was talking last week about how much I liked the um, the character development or like the, the character establishment of Roddy Piper and Hack. They kind of do a little bit of that with Van Hammer here. A little bit. Do they? A little bit. So they talk about how he has the no peace sign on his um, his unitard, his onesie. And they're like, yeah, Van Hammer used to be all about peace, wanting everyone to get along. But then he found out that that wasn't getting him anywhere in WCW. So he said, he basically, like, commentary was explaining that he said, well, if I'm not going to get anywhere with peace, I might as well get somewhere with war. Okay. I was like, okay, cool. That's a character. It's very weak. It's not much of a character, but it gives me something to, like, remember Van Hammer from. I'm appreciative of those little nuggets. Yeah, but Rick Steiner has, if you don't like me bite me which we really need to talk about how bad of a of a catchphrase that is my mom used to say bite me a lot so i don't see it as that i don't bad. know i mean bite me is a very much like a screw you kind of thing like, yeah if you don't like me screw off this is weird this is also this is also a weird match because van hammer is also a heel as is rick steiner so the crowd just doesn't care all that much true and this match is real stiff yeah, I I kind of thought it was like it seemed stiff, but I also know that Rick Steiner is a touch stiff. Yeah, I but did. it makes me nervous that it was like actually you know kind of shoot because he pulled up the the mats on the outside and DDT'd Van Hammer at one point. Yeah, no, that, that, I mean that's that's part of the thing. It, honestly, it was more the in ring stuff, especially when yeah he's like seated on Van Hammer's back, just hitting like forearms, and I'm like <laughs> like I don't think Rick Steiner wanted this match. But yeah, as you mentioned... No one wanted this match. As you mentioned, they go to the outside and there's a pull the mats, DDT. It's like, oh, okay. And then Rick randomly just tries to pin Van Hammer on the outside. And I was like, that's not like, how God, this that's, works. That's never been how this works. So Rick attacks the ref. Like, okay. Again, DQ? Like... Also on the outside, Hammer hits Steiner with a chair. A DQ? Diving clothesline back inside, but Rick regains control with a low blow. DQ? Just in case the ref missed that, Rick immediately hits a second low blow. <laughs> D-fucking-Q? D- I was losing my mind during this. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, Steiner Bulldog. Rick gets the pin in a couple minutes. I'm, I was wondering, I'm like, I wonder if the submission hold is done. You think? I, I wonder if it went so bad the one time he did it that I'm like, eh, it's, it, that's it. What was the submission hold that he did? It was the I don't even know. It was the one we were both really impre- unimpressed by, where it's like, okay. Oh, you could be where we couldn't find the pressure points. Yeah, yeah. maybe. So yeah, Rick retains. Um, That's is, that. Yeah, this is very one sided. Uh, this is the final pay per view match Van Hammer will ever have in his career. <gasps> no, really. And this is the end of his push, and I don't even know if he will ever win a match on Nitro again. Oh my god. That sucks for him. Yeah, like we were wondering, I'm like, okay, what, what's the end game? Like, how much longer is this push gonna go? Not long. Not long. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm bummed for I, Van Hammer. I know. I was kind of laughing internally when you were like, "Oh, I character development. I like this." And I'm like, "Well, they did that with Hack last week, and look who's having their last match tonight." Yeah. 
Well, speaking of hack, they go to the junkyard, and Mike Tanay is there. It's actually a bit darker out there now. Like, the sun set real quick over there. Yeah, I mean, it's Florida, I guess. Yeah, Mike Tanay hypes up the junkyard match, and apparently there's a trophy that says Hardcore Champion. It's like, are you crowning the first ever Hardcore Champion? Like, the storyline that you've been building for months, and, and you're just now going to pay it off without Did any hype? give the winner a trophy? Yes. I don't remember them getting a trophy. Well, the ref is just standing there next to him holding this trophy, saying nothing. Like, <laughs> hello, I'm here. But also, aren't they trying to be, like, wasn't Ric Flair like, hey, no more hardcore matches? In the arena. Oh, in the arena. Okay. Yeah. But again, it was a trophy, not a belt. So it was just like, okay. Well, because it's unsanctioned. But they still made this thing. But Nick, it's unsanctioned. They say that about 70 times. So in case you don't know, this is unsanctioned. We go from that to a clip of David Flair being given the U.S. title without much setup. More recaps. And then we get a U.S. title match. It is Dean Malenko versus David Flair. But um, we have a different talking point here. Emily, who does David Flair have come out with him? Tori. Why? Like, you texted me. And I had to, like, skip ahead in the timeline. And I'm like, I, I don't have an answer. I literally texted Nick, did we miss something on Thunder? Because Tori is back with David Flair. Or I didn't say that part. And you're like, yeah, I don't think anything happened on Thunder. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I'm confused. Well, like, even on Nitro, I want to say. He... The last time we saw Tori on Nitro, she was with Net- with um, Kevin Nash. Yeah. So, <laughs> make and, it make sense. And, no, even more. When Kevin Nash won her, in quotes, yeah. he actually lost that match. She just went off with him. Exactly. She went with him on her own volition. That's yeah. why I thought that she had defected. Yeah. And commentary. Like, they give a half mention of, like, oh... And then that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were supposed to mention anything. I think commentary is following along with the storyline, not with what actually is happening. I think I've used this line before, but what the hell is Dean Malenko's Batman 89 music? So this is what pissed me off about our game last week. I was looking for Dean Malenko's theme music, but I don't think we had ever heard him come out to his own theme music in WCW. Yeah, because he always come out to the Horseman theme. Yeah. So when he came out to his own music, I was like, you've got to be shitting me. One week later, really? Okay, that is not the point I thought you were going to have. Oh, really? Oh, I was so mad about it. I thought it was going to be that Ray and Conan come out to a theme that isn't the one. Yeah, differently than the one we accidentally played twice. Oh my God, Nick, I was losing my goddamn mind. I watched that back twice. I was like, this is not a different theme. It's a different fucking theme. We'll get there. So the match starts and Dean just wrestles circles around David. And that's the story of like, really, this fucking kid? Fuck you, I'm better. I mean, I was just thinking this match had to end in interference because there was no way that Dean was, that that David was going to come out of that alive. Like, Dean was going to kill this kid. Yeah. Dean finally goes for the cloverleaf. So Arn comes in and just, he doesn't even hit Dean. He just spine busters the ref. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Dean fights everyone off and goes to punch Asia. And he goes, oh, no, I won't do that. So then he kicks her and puts her in the cloverleaf. And I'm like, what the fuck? I did goes, love no, his, I like, won't punch a woman. I did love his, like, moment of hesitation. Like, do I fight a woman? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to fight this woman. <laughs> All I really more is, I won't punch a woman. Cloverleafer, though. <laughs> I like, so I have, I have said this before, especially on this podcast. I like intergender wrestling when I know that the woman can hold her own. If it was Dean... Putting a spine buster on, you know, gorgeous George. I'd be like, mm, that's a little weird. Yeah, but, but like, Asia can you know, do it. They're not going to do a thing where one of the male wrestlers is beating up gorgeous George. Let's not. They wouldn't do that. <laughs> we'll get we'll get there. Let's not. Anyway, women like 
um, Miss Madness, um, even Medusa to an extent. And Asia, I think these women can... Well, Medusa, I, I know she I mean, she will wrestle the men. She has wrestled a couple guys in WCW. It's just been a while. Fair. But these women can actually take it and they can they know how to take it. So I'm okay with seeing the intergender. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. In fact, I like it. I think I just realized a joke in um, the Southpaw Regional Wrestling series <laughs> where it, it's, I guess it's season two where... Where they bring in Natalia's character. I forget what the character's I name remember. is. But it's like, oh, we only hired one. And it's like, that feels like WCW when they hired Medusa. Because she was the WWF Women's Champion. And I'm yeah. like, I literally cannot think of a single thing Medusa does with another woman that well, isn't Team Madness. Well, maybe maybe that was a dig. I guess dig, I don't know if it's a dig or the, or the inspiration for the joke. I guess there's, Could you know, be there's, there's a line between there. So Rick comes in, hits Dean with the, with the title belt, and I, it's like, oh yeah, Charles Robinson suddenly has his referee shirt on, and because yeah, David came out with Tori, Rick, Arn, Charles, and Asia. Yeah, so that's why I was like, there's no way this isn't ending in interference. There's no way. So Rick then pulls David on top of Dean, and he gets the pin, and then as they're celebrating and walking up the ramp, both Arn and Rick stomp Dean a bit. Yeah. This is more of a segment than a match. Yeah, this was not a match. I have to ask you. At this point, who do you think beats David Flair for the title? Because, like, you know, obviously they're setting up something for this. I mean, it's kind of... Maybe Sting? I I would say, I don't want to give it the credit, but it's like, it has similar vibes to when they gave Stephanie McMahon the women's title in, like, like 2000, where it's like, okay, you know, this person is, like, not a wrestler. Yeah. So it's a big deal when someone beats them. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, it's got to be... One of the big names, but it's got to be someone who's, like, good enough on their own to beat down the other four of them, too. Yeah, but I, that was my, my initial thought was Goldberg, because he just came mm. back. But Goldberg doesn't need it. Sting doesn't need it. So I'm like, who? Apparently Buff needed it. Yeah. But you already did Buff. I guess you could go that back That would have been a good story, though. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, was like, it was either last week or the week before where I'm like, oh, he should win here. Yeah. He absolutely should win here. And then he didn't. And I'm like, okay, so then you did Dean. And I'm like, okay, maybe you do Perry Saturn next, and then Benoit. And <laughs> just, just go through the whole radicals until they leave the company. Yeah, I just like I'm like I don't know who you do there. I, I don't mean, know. or they just let the storyline fizzle out, well, or they wait until oh maybe they wait till Scott Steiner comes back and Scott's like that's my title, fuck you, yeah. death. In my head, that'd be a face turn for Scott Steiner, but you could also just have him do that, and the next week be like my body, my body. <laughs> Somebody sent us a message and said, every time I do my body, an angel gets their wings. I was like, that's the best. I've, that, that, that is the best feedback I've ever received. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking out loud at this point where I'm like, yeah, you know, like you, Benoit feels like they missed the window. Where like, they had him feuding with Flair and now he's just randomly tagging with Perry Saturn. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure this is why he doesn't stick around much longer. Like, these guys are not being used correctly. Like, I don't think that their storyline with um with Rick a few weeks ago was that far off of reality. Like, they were saying, like, I remember Dean and uh, Benoit being like, yeah, you have all these old guys on the card, but you also have this young and upcoming talent. Like, why aren't we being utilized? Why are we just going through these old guys again? Well, do you want to hear a fun fact from around this time that'll just make you annoyed? Oh, God. Oh, God. I want to say it was Hogan. <sighs> Hogan did a shoot interview. And it was like, yeah, I'm tired of hearing Malenko and the other midgets complain. Oh, 
God, I hate her. I, I hate Hulk Hogan. And I'm by the so way, that is like word for here. word, the quote. Ugh, I'm so happy we haven't seen him in a while. I'm not ready to see his stupid hot dog face again. Remember when he just came back for like two weeks and was like, that's payback, brother, on DDP? Yeah, and, and then he's gone again. Good, stay away. I don't want to see your stupid whatever again. Moving on, we have an eight-man elimination tag team match. It is the No Limit Soldiers, who are comprised of Rey Mysterio, Conan, Swole, and B.A. They also have you. They also have two guys with them, and I swore one of them was B.A., and then he just randomly showed up, and they're like, oh yeah, that's Chase. And I'm like, who? <laughs> the other guy is called 4x4. Four four. But they and, say that he should be 8x8 eight eight because he's so big. Oh, he is a brick shithouse. <laughs> Good for you for keeping track of their names, though. I have no idea. I, I know I have to because you won't. <laughs> the Rappers Crabs came out, too, and I'm like, oh, I don't All right, fucking and, know. All right, and bi-weekly quiz, who is on the Rappers Crabs, a.k.a. the West Texas Rednecks? Okay, so I have the names, but I don't know whose face each name belongs to. Okay. So I know there's Barry and Kurt Wyndham. Bobby no, Duncan... it's not. No, it's not Kurt. No, Wyndham. Barry and Kendall Window. Yes. Kurt Henning and Bobby Duncan Jr. Yes. The only face that I am confident in whose name belongs to it is Kurt. That's the only one I've got. I feel like you should know Barry Wyndham just by what the fuck is this man wearing? I always think he's Kendall. No, Barry Wyndham is the one who comes out wearing. He's wearing a rap is crap T-shirt tucked into his camouflage shorts, which I'm like. Of all the matches to wear camouflage, you're doing it against the No Limit Soldiers. True. You know, the big knee pads, the boots, and the and the yellow gloves. And the white tank top. No, because he was wearing the Rappers Crap shirt. Was he, he usually wears the white tank top. He though, mixes yeah? it up. Okay. But I always, in my head, that's Kendall. No, that is not Kendall. Well, obviously. I'm saying in my head. Well, it's almost funny because you've actually seen Barry Windham way more than Kendall Windham or Bobby Duncan. But for some reason, that's not Barry Windham in my head. I wanted to do Who's That Pokemon for Barry Wyndham, and I I couldn't find any, so I didn't even bother texting you. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would have been really hard. So No Limit Soldiers come out, and Conan does his Spanglish promo, and he actually admits, like, oh, just because you got a song with a catchy hook. It's like, you know, this is catchy. <laughs> okay, so we're all on the same page. It's a good song. <laughs> oh, and then Ray, Ray continues to make me sad on the mic. Mm. Match starts early on. Barry Windham is bumping around for Ray. Like, this match and this storyline is here to elevate Ray. I don't know how much it's achieving in that, but it's clear that's the goal. It's not elevating him on the mic, though. No. I mean, there's you, a reason that he goes back to his masked persona and does not really cut promos. I mean, on paper, you put him with one of the biggest megastars in the world. Right. And I actually correctly predicted the. Um, I guess, finish or final group of this match based on, okay, I guess you have to do this. But we'll we'll, we'll get to that group. Oh, yeah. Kurt Hennig tags in and he's like, real intense. And I'm like, are you, are you pissed off and are just working that out right now? <laughs> but he does do a fun cartwheel dodge. That point. was cool. I did like his little cartwheel. His cartwheel, as I wrote it. Swole tags in and what did you, you think of Swole in this match? Not much. He wasn't b- as bad as I thought he'd be. Like, no. he's green, but it was like a, okay, you're like... He was throwing punches. Like, he was fine. I mean, that's pretty much all he was doing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but like, he didn't embarrass himself, I wouldn't no. say. Like, no, he's no, no, not, He can't put it together, but... He held his own as much as he needed to. Yeah. I, I've seen worse. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I was expecting rock bottom. I'm like, okay. No. I think if you had some time to train, you could do something. But it's not like, you know, you have all this charisma that's right. like, oh, we need to hone this. Just like, you're, you know, you're a big dude who was related to somebody who we related's relative, but, you know, associated yeah, yeah. with somebody associated with. that we're done with. Yeah. So I know he's around for a little bit, but not a long bit. They're going to keep doing the storyline? Well, I think they're done with the storyline, but I know Swole sticks around. Oh, okay. So they do try to make him a bit of a I think a character. L- I think a little bit. I mean, okay. I-, I don't think he makes it out of the calendar year. Well, okay. Ray does his fake dive to the outside, which one, wasn't convincing at all. But two, it's weird the fake dive is the 619. Yeah, I did notice that he kind of did a 619. But like, yeah, oh, but, but, we're but, not, but, but, his, but there was nobody no there. Yeah. yeah. It's but meant it's to be a fake dive kind of thing. Like, ooh, swerved you. We do get a interesting move of a like vaulted flip drop kick from Ray and Conan. I'm like, oh okay, where Conan just flips Ray like doing a somersault and just like kicks. I want to say Barry Windham, or was it Kendall? It might have been Kurt, honestly. <laughs> Ironically, I meant to say Bobby Duncan, and I just said Barry Windham. Really? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's not easy. I didn't note which one it was. So. It's not that easy. So the first elimination is weird, where Swole. Hits a move, and then tries to knock two guys off the apron. Then tries to pin Bobby Duncan, who's just been laying since that move. Duncan kicks out, and then Ray just hits a springboard leg drop, and Swole then awkwardly pins him. Then it was like a, it's yeah. an odd sequence of, again Swole being green. It didn't entirely make sense, but first elimination, so we're getting somewhere. Yeah, and as Duncan is leaving, he clocks 4x4, four four, but the camera completely ignores this until Hennig joins and it turns yeah. into a brawl. During this match, I noted, I've never seen a resemblance between the Armstrongs and Road Dog. Like, the, the, the team of, like, Scott and yeah, Steve, yeah. whatever it was. I was thinking Steve. But, man, yeah. I see the resemblance between Brad Armstrong, BA, in this match, and Road Dog. They look Wait, real similar. that was another similar. Armstrong? Oh, yeah, he's part of the Armstrong family. <sighs> Sorry, yeah, he's the fourth Armstrong. <laughs> no, I, I thought you knew. Up, man. I thought BA stood for badass. Well, they are. They, they're like BA is such a Brad Armstrong. I mean, he's like, I'll stand for something else. <laughs> Just like, yes, that that that's the thing. Oh my god, there's too many. There's too many of everything. There's just too many. <laughs> well, I think BA knows that he's about to go out because he tries to bring up the intensity a little bit and then just gets pinned with, with a heading plex. Which I'm realizing how rare that is. We is do it? not see Kurt Hennig win matches, it feels like. True. We like, see him pinning kind of... people with it. Like, people usually don't kick out of that, but he has not been hitting it recently. True. Oh, wow. Conan then come, comes in, hits a face buster, but Barry Windham breaks up the pin. Ray hits a springboard dropkick to, to Kendall Windham's back into what's supposed to be an inside cradle, but Conan isn't crisp enough and is also gassed as fuck. So it's real loose. It's like, oh, oh. okay. It still pins him, but it's like, okay. That, yeah, it pins him. He's just not trying to be, very hard. That was meant to be tight, and it was not. Yeah, no. to, to quote GDP Yoga, you gotta tighten that up. <laughs> Conan does not have stamina. And he really only has one pro- I was like, I was saying he's charismatic. He really only has yeah. one promo. Yeah, no, he's not really charismatic. He memorized one thing. So then there's a random brawl with Kendall and 4x4 on his way to the back. This is where I noted that Conan is gassed as fuck. Conan and Barry Windham get counted out when they're brawling, when the guy Chase just carries Barry Windham to the back and Conan follows, 
one, that's bullshit for Barry Windham. Just like, okay, I've been kidnapped, so I'm counted out. Yeah, what? The ref's fine with this. Two, Conan just like... Conan just quit. Yeah. Conan was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to see you guys in the back. Yeah, so both men are counted out, which leaves us with the final portion that I'm like, okay, this is what it has to be. Because you're pushing Swole and you're pushing Ray, and Kurt's the centerpiece of the West Texas Redneck, so it has to come down to this group. And it did. I did think for a minute... I'm like, are they going to have Kurt eliminate Ray and then just have him and Swole? But I'm like, no, you, you can't eliminate Ray in this match. She has to be part of it to kind of help put him over. Yeah. I do wonder how much of Ray getting put over is still like an apology. Do you think we're past that? I, I, yeah, I think I think we are. I think literally this is part of their plan because they took the mask off to make it more marketable. So now, now they're pushing him. I personally feel, I think he's getting more out of this than he did from the Kevin Nash feud. But maybe it's because he lost the mask, so it didn't feel like, it felt like a, like a net loss as opposed yeah. to. It didn't really feel like he got, I don't, I didn't, it didn't feel like he meant, he was meant to get anything out of the Kevin Nash feud. I guess he was well, supposed to, yeah, but I, mean, I don't. He, he did beat Nash in the yeah. end. So Barry Windham comes back randomly during the final segment of this match. And Chase fights him off, and then they like ruin a spot of Kurt goes to leave and four by four, like kind of traps him from leaving the Barry Windham shit's just randomly happening like next to this. And like, Oh, okay. Oh, true. So finish this match. Ray stands on swole shoulders and hits a splash and gets the pin. This was a fun match. I didn't really have a lot of notes for it. It was just something to watch. Yeah. It wasn't bad. There was so much random sloppiness that that hurt it. Where honestly, most of it was related to, fucking chase and four by four just random crap yeah with that like the, if you took all that out this i probably have been d- decent to good but it just created so much weird chaos as opposed to good chaos that i'm just right like, this is not fun chaos which we get later this is just kind of like messy but it did have entertaining moments so i will not say it's like the worst match of the night no the, the, it was fine it was fine. Like, that's, a, that's a good barometer for it. Oh, God. It's literally here. Uh-huh. Speaking of worst match of the night. Oh, God. After that match, we go to the junkyard because it is time for the junkyard match. We know you were all looking forward to this. Yeah. And um, since we noted that this is Hack's last match, it felt fitting to try attempt number three. <laughs> Of this terrible game. And we accidentally made it worse because I forgot to go out and get um, cheap beer. So instead, you know, this isn't Sandman. This is Hack. So it needs to be weird and not as good. (laughs) Oh, the beer actually will be better. Uh, This is Guinness. Ooh, that ASMR. And I really have to pour it into a glass because Nick it's... has chosen to chug Guinness for this game. He's we're, We might have to take a puke break. This is not going to go well. well. Just get me... You know, I get... have advised him to not do this for the record. So, because I have five minutes and 30 seconds to drink t- two Guinness, we'll say. <sighs> yeah, let's not push it. I guess I have a third, but it'll take a lot of time to get up. And... Yeah. <laughs> Go do it. Let's stick with the two and let's not try to kill ourselves. All right. So I'm going to count it down. And uh, Emily, you can run us through who is in this match. I'm going to give a brief rundown of the match and then the people that are in it. Okay. Start in three, 
two, one. And he's off to the races. So this junkyard match, it does take place in junkyard, as we said before, and it's just like this big open arena around, surrounded with, with um, cars. And there is a helicopter shot over the top of it. Oh, this, this actually might be easier. easy. Oh, you've already, he's already down half of the first one. Yeah, this oh, might this actually might be easier. Sure. Oh. <laughs> oh god. Was it hard because you were drinking Natty Light? Is that why? No, I didn't get Natty Light. What did I, I got I uh Pabst Super it was Pabst PBR, Super Urban, yeah. I think uh Natty Bow, one of them. Natty Bow. Anyway. So yeah, we're in a junkyard. There the only real camera that we have is like overhead camera. And in the ring, if you can even call it that, the arena, this is who we have fighting for us. We got Brian Nobbs, who I famously have no idea what the hell he looks like. We have Cyclope, who has been in like a cruiserweight thing. I yes. Think, before. I forget if he was part of the fatal four-way that I fell in love with. Maybe. He might have been. Um, and then we have David Taylor, whose name I've heard before, but I don't remember who he's he is. He's part of William Regal's. Yes. Nope, he's part of Stephen Regal's. Yes. Who is also in this match. Stephen Regal is a surprise entry. In, in a in this lovely tracksuit. Oh my god, he's beautiful. Um, anyway. We've got Hardcore Hack, of course. Um, is he marked Hardcore Hack? In this, it is. Hack, obviously. Horace Hogan. Haven't seen him in a minute. Scott he, Norton not in this match. <laughs> no, thank God. I, it's so hard to identify any of these guys because it's all overhead. We can't really see them, so I'm just kind of going off of what commentary said. Yeah, after this game, we'll talk a little bit about the yeah. camera choices in this. Oh, it's a mess. And then we have Hugh Morris. Jerry Flynn. Johnny Grunge, who I have absolutely no idea who the hell that is. He's part of the surprise team. It's him and Rocco Rock. Okay, they are the... Who are the public enemy. Yes. Surprise. Yeah, yeah that's the big surprise. Are you surprised? I was not. Um, anyway, La Parca. Love La Parca. Mikey Whipwreck. Haven't seen his, him in a while. Haven't seen him in a while, but like we are still getting a taste of his um, gas station t-shirts through Buff Bagwell, so his spirit lives on, I think. Um, For the record, the second one of these is not as easy as the first one. You're you're already almost done, though. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it with time to spare. The last two that we have are... Um, the last one we have is Silver King. I don't know Silver King. Couldn't tell you what he looked like. Couldn't tell you who he was. He's real generic looking, unfortunately. Oh, we do have one more. So, yeah. Brian Knobs, Sickleplay, David Taylor, oh. Hack, Hogan... <laughs> Hugh Morris, Jerry Flynn, Johnny Grunge, LaParka, yeah. Mikey Whipwreck, Rocco Rock, Silver King, Steve Regal, and Fit Finley. Yeah, you forgot the winner because you're reading all the losers. <laughs> okay, you didn't have to say it. <laughs> There's no notes for this match. Ben said, Emily, how much do you think this match costs to put on? A lot. Give me a dollar amount. I'm guessing like a couple hundred thousand. No, maybe like 100,000. Correct. Really? Oh, also, I just finished. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah, Because I'm thinking about it, it's a whole bunch of like used crappy cars. So, yeah, it can't be that expensive. I honestly wonder how much of it went to the helicopter. Probably majority. Yeah. So, but I'm, not, the notes... uh, I'm, I'm not doing a third beer. I've, I've faded out the music. You would have been proud of me. I, I am proud of you, but it's also uh, consistent. Uh, see, I knew that was coming is the yeah. thing. No, I'm very proud of you. You did good. I'm more proud of you when you do it with crappy beer. Because so, I've seen you do um, the Irish car bombs with those. I was going to say, just line three of those up. Yeah, you could do that in two minutes. But I did have a couple of notes on this match. Yeah, so now that I'm not chugging beer, 
They do actually replay part of the hack promo to set this up. Yeah, a little bit. Chastity, not here. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess she's done. I don't think she has anything else. I could be wrong, but... We'll see. The camera angles in this are horrendous. This where... is a very difficult to follow match. It, this should have been a cinematic match. In the day and age of the cinematic match, we have the graveyard match and, you know, the Undertaker and John Cena, the um, the uh, Firefly Funhouse match. Like, this should have been like that, you know? But instead, they chose to do it all one take or even with a helicopter. Like, I, I, shot. I don't like it, but this should have been Money in the Bank with whatever. You, of 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, it was fun. Sorry, the pandemic's just been so long. I've forgotten when Time it started. Time doesn't exist. Oh, my God. But, no, like, we, we differ in that. Like, I don't hate it. Oh, I didn't like it, but this should have been closer to that. Like that. Or, like, yes. you know, Boneyard match. Like, should have been closer It should have been Boneyard which match. apparently, Mikey, Mikey Whiprack was saying, yeah, let's do this in a pre-tape. Everybody gets their spots in. You can edit it together. Because there is some interesting and fun stuff going on here. But, but we can't I, see it. I guess they didn't clue the camera guys in because... It's just such a mess where I literally, I was watching it and I went, I don't even think I want to watch the rest of this. I think I just have, just, Emily, you watch it and just tell me whatever the hell happened. Because, again, the way you win this is by escaping this random fence. Yeah, there's like one piece of fence which, in this like arena of cars. Which like in a cage match, like, okay, dramatic escapes. I think one guy tries to escape and fails before That's the winner. That's what's wild. Nobody even makes an attempt to get out. It's just guys bashing each other with cars and, like, throwing each other into windshields. It's really hard to watch. And, like, you had told me beforehand that there had been some injuries from this match. So I was kind of aware of that as I was watching it, which made it hard again. And there were some times where they the camera did decide to, you know, focus in on a duo doing some sort of moveset. And you could see the guy that's being pounded on kind of, like, give a sign of, like, Yo, back off. You need to stop for a second. And then the guy that's doing the beating down just kind of gives him one last, like, nah, kick. And then walks off. Like, these guys are getting hurt. And it's obvious. And if I can tell, it's very clear. Yeah, we'll run down the injuries at the end. I did write, I'm four seconds in. I can tell this is going to be a mess. I literally paused, came to, and, oh, this is going to be bad, isn't it? Cause I, I had hope. I know. I think I did, too. It's just... I, had, I was hoping for chaos. This wasn't enough chaos. It was chaos, but not good. Again, not good chaos. Yeah. And, um, I love chaos. We'll we, see. We'll talk about chaos later. I love chaos. Yeah. We breeze over it. Pu- the public enemy are here. Um, yeah. Tell me who the hell public enemy is. Because you're like, oh, it's a tag They this were a big, big deal. deal in ECW. Okay. And then they went to WWF, where I'm pretty sure they proceeded to have one match. I'll let you guess the opponents after I tell you the story. They were scheduled to do this thing, like, okay, it's going to end end in a table spot. Or the t- some sort of table spot was involved. And they're like, no, nah, we don't want to do that. And so the um, the other tag team went, okay. And then they went out there and absolutely fucking demolished them. And, like, put them through multiple tables, multiple chair shots. Is it my boys? Who are your boys? The Dudleys. No, Dudleys are not around at this point. You How say long... tables, I think the Dudleys. No, this this is, oh, you don't want to do business. We'll do business for you kind of thing. Would it shock you to learn that the Acolytes are the ones oh, who decided, no. fuck you. And they beat them all. so bad they were never seen again. That said, funny you mentioned the Dudleys. 
because there is a great line from when the Dudleys and Acolytes are playing poker. I think they are the APA at this point. And the Dudleys go, hey, I know we're your enemy, but we ain't the public enemy. That is a fantastic line. It's like, you need That's to... such an insider line. Like, you need to know. Yeah. I love that. But yeah, one match, and it's like, now fuck these guys. That happened to somebody else. I think they, they were also in... just generally dicks backstage, too. Yeah, know. That doesn't surprise me. But would that happen to somebody else during the invasion where they came in and did one match, and it was so terrible that they never came back? Who was that? So that was different. That match was bad. This one was yeah. more internal politics. That one was the team of Chronic, which Chronic, is uh, yes. Brian Adams and Brian Clark. Adam Bomb. Whoever Adam Bomb is. You tell me Brian Adams put on a bad match, Nick? I know. You're telling me that Brian Adams sucks? I don't no, feel Don't bad. worry. We'll get, we'll get to that match in like four years. <laughs> <laughs> we have that to look forward to. Four years? We've been doing this podcast for four years. <laughs> We've actually joked that I'm like, am I going to make you watch the invasion again for the podcast? We weren't even watching. We were we were watching the invasion for fun, Nick. We watched that for fun. How am I still a wrestling fan? Anyway, um, that's kind of all I had note wise on this. I just oh, and can we talk about Hack literally attempting murder on Finley? Oh yeah. Oh, that's the, that's the finish of the match for what it's worth. Well, you said you didn't have any notes. That's my next I, note. <laughs> I did actually have one note where I feel like I want to point out, I don't blame any of the talent for this in this match. Oh, no. I think this is just a, this is a no, booking they, issue. No, this is a, you had an idea and didn't think it through enough production-wise, yeah. and so it turned out to be a shit show. Like, there are, like, they clearly developed some fun spots. Yeah. That, you know, if this some was cinematic, seen, this would have been don't. cool. Yeah. But you, there was the one helicopter camera shot and then two more cameras, you think? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Two guys just running around inside. Yeah. Who don't seem to be clued into like anything. Yeah. Yeah. I did appreciate that also the wrestlers were not required to wear their regular wrestling attire. As mentioned with um, Steve Regal's tracksuit. Oh, yeah. It's like, look, you're in a junkyard. You, you don't need the... Oh, we didn't even talk about this. I don't remember the context leading into this line, but we said that Bobby was in rare form tonight. Did you catch the line he said about the junkyard going into it? <laughs> I, there were, I remember him having a couple of digs about, about Florida. but No, he just says, it's a junkyard, not a bakery. <laughs> what? I don't know! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, oh yeah. No idea what the context oh, was. I just remembered him and Tony being like. <laughs> Bobby, I just remember Bobby asking Tony earlier tonight, You ever been to a junkyard? And he's like, Yeah, I have. He's like, Have you? He's like, No, why would I go to a junkyard? <laughs> why have you been to a junkyard? I might have missed the note somewhere in one of the other matches where I'm like, Tony and Bobby don't have zero chemistry, but goddamn, is it close? Usually I tone them out like very early on. I just don't listen to their bickering, but I'm so happy I listened to their bickering tonight because it made me laugh so many times. <laughs> just, it's a junker, not a bakery. What the fuck does that mean? So yeah, the fact that you win by escape is entirely pointless. Uh-huh. And I'm like, in all honesty, if you've done this by pin, like pinfall or like, you know, elimination style, or like if you, you know, you can basically forfeit yourself like, like you know, yeah I'm like, it's I'm too hardcore i'm leaving yeah that that would make sense like you know S- steve regal's meant to be this posh pretty boy have him what you say i said good job oh. <laughs> have him like you know self-evict basically 
have him be like, no, fuck this, and leave. Or you have a spot where two guys are like fighting like near the fence up high, and like one of them throws the other guy off, and because technically he left, he's eliminated. It's like you know. It, okay, maybe. Yeah, like. The, but how do you throw? Like, okay, assuming that they're on like on top of a pile of cars or like on top of a truck bed or something. How do you throw them off of that over the fence in a in a junkyard and not kill them? Emily, Baron Corbin threw Rey Mysterio and Alistair Black off the roof of the WWE headquarters, and it was just fine. We didn't have a helicopter showing that entire fall. I don't know. There was a helicopter shot. Not of the fall. No. <laughs> Gr- Grant, again, do things differently, but... Yeah, I think if you had this been like an elimination thing, it could have been It could have been but different. Yeah, you could have there's a lot of ways this should have been better. But can we please talk about the murder? <laughs> the near murder. The near murder. So yeah. Hack goes after Finley at one point and throws Finley into the trunk of a car. Doesn't quite get it to close the first time, so he has to go back to the trunk and slam it shut to make sure that Finley is in that trunk. I feel like it's still open when he, when he does the spot, which is important. No, it's not. The trunk is closed. A forklift comes over and starts to pick up the car that Finley is in the trunk of. And as he start as the, the forklift starts to pick up the truck, Finley just like bam power kicks open the trunk. And they that forklift takes that car and places it into the compressor. Yeah squishes that car. There actually is, you can tell, there is a little pause where Hack makes sure Finley is clear. Oh, I didn't even notice There's that. A, it's, it's pretty brief, but you can tell there is a pause. Um, it was just like, <laughs> what if that had gone wrong? What if Finley didn't I, get out? I do want to read my, my note verbatim. Oh my God, Finley almost died. <laughs> oh, and then my, my follow-up note. Oh, and he won. Oh, yeah, Finley wins. <laughs> yeah, Finley just escapes. And then and, wins. Like, as he's escaping, there's a, this, like, explosion. And Connor's like, oh, the, the explosion distracted all the other competitors. No one even tries to go after Finley. He has a breeze just going up and down the, the fence. And he's he wins. The end. He So he gets a trophy. I didn't see him get the trophy. I'm going to take your word for that. I wrote, what a clusterfuck. I hated that. I feel differently than I did watching this at the time. Okay. Because I wrote, this is actually one of the worst things I've seen in wrestling. (gasps) Wow. Based upon what it could have been. Okay. And what they intended. Based on its potential. It was too incoherent to be one of the worst things ever. Like, honestly, in terms of intent to execution, I was in the same category as Kennel from Hell. But Kennel, but from, Kennel Hell... from Hell was executed well. No, I think it's not. I liked Kennel from Hell. Wait, am I thinking of the wrong thing? Yes. Kennel from Hell is Big Boss Man and Al Snow where they have the dogs. On the outside. And they're meant to be rabid dogs. But they're just puppies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of that. I like Kennel from okay. Hell. Well, you, just you're just puppy. like seeing puppies. <laughs> I'm saying that was meant to be the blow off. That's been the blow off of Big Boss Man killing Pepper. Eating Pepper. No, he no, he didn't eat Pepper. He fed no, wait, Pepper. he fed Pepper to Al Snow. Again, that's been the blow off in terms of okay, execution. Cooking Pepper. <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah. one of like my favorite however, feuds in wrestling. That's however, so there is no there, there's no like distraction from what a mess that is. This is just so incoherent. You you almost can't tell 
what a mess it is. I think that that segment, the pepper, that storyline is why I love chaos and wrestling so much. Because I think that's like the first story. That's the first storyline that I remember watching and being like, this is amazing. How is Big Boss Man not in your boy stable? He should be. Considering, do you remember what Boss Man's next storyline is after that? No. It's the big freak show's fake daddy. Oh my god. <laughs> and him, him crashing the funeral. Oh my god. <laughs> I know so Big Boss Man's in my stable, but I feel like he might be. He probably should be. In yours. I love wrestling so much. It's so stupid. <laughs> okay. To wrap this up, do you want to hear the injuries? Yes. No, but yes. So Silver, Silver King ended up cutting his shoulder badly and needing 60 stitches. 60? 60? Yeah. Oh my God. Hack was hospitalized with a separated shoulder and a neck injury. Uh, Hugh Morris ended up needing stitches in his hand, and Mikey Whipwreck got a concussion. Okay. Honestly, less than I thought it would be, but... Still hospitalized and 60... Six zero yeah. stitches. That's insane. This was a terrible idea. Yeah. When they were setting this up, that should have been enough no, for production no, no, no. to be like, yeah, this, no. No, this was a decent idea executed terribly. This, But... There were so many points along the way for somebody to be like, yeah, maybe we don't do this. Like, all right. Put the creativity and production of all the hardcore title changes at WrestleMania 18 and Hurricanes swinging in on the road. Again, one of my favorite segments because it's so wild. Put put that and apply it to this match. And it's like, this could have been great. Yeah. And just. Could have been. Yeah. Wasn't. They were set up for failure. Let's. I feel like we gave that probably more time than it needed. Although, let's, um, neither of us have a drink at this point, but let's... No, I'm out of tea. Uh, let's metaphorically pour one out for Hack. That's it. I mean... What a whimper of an exit. He's injured, and then he will be cut. We cut around around like September. But then he goes back to ECW. Yeah. We will not see Hack again. We will see the Sandman. There are a couple of people on the WCW roster that get the chance to go back to ECW, and I am so thrilled that they have the opportunity to go back to ECW before it inevitably dies because that is where they thrived that was where they got their their like real push and you know i i won't say that going to wcw was a mistake but it kind of hurt them so no, they got to go I, back somewhere where they felt right i i, I do feel the need to def- almost defend wcw not in the sense of they did something good more in that wwf also did not utilize a lot of the ECW guys well. I mean, yeah. Taz got used well for a month. And then he just got relegated to commentary. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the Dudleys eventually got there, but early on, like, they literally, like... Dudley's the stutter de- gimmick? Yeah, stutter gimmick. started. They also debut, and it's like, okay, your gimmick is having two by fours. It's like, what? Eventually, he finds a gimmick that worked for a bit, but, like, think about Stephen Richards. True. Where it's like, actually, he's Stevie in ECW. It's like, he was, you know, borderline main event scene. And then he, you know, he goes to WWE or WWF and it's like, yeah, you're, you're, you you're have this weird um, imitation gimmick. It'll make you dress up like China. And it's, it's yeah, like him getting right to censor is fantastic. Also, he was being paid peanuts. He was like. By far the lowest paid person on the roster. Which is such a shame. Yeah, like Raven goes there. Raven's not used for shit. Nope. Like, yeah, Raven's like, you know, almost the definition of bad booking. 
So are you giving WCW credit for trying? No, I'm saying they're on par with WWF okay. in terms of the majority of taking guys from ECW and then not doing shit with them. And yeah. I and I and I do count the invasion. Yeah, in, they didn't do that. shit with them. No, that's not true. They had one great moment with them. And then immediately undid it by naming Stephanie McMahon in charge of ECW and merging them and creating the alliance. Yeah, that was a terrible plan. In hindsight, terrible The fact plan. that it was an hour later, too. Oh, my God. <sighs> but, no, I am happy that certain people did have the opportunity to go back and kind of remind themselves why they love what they do. And they're not just, you know, fading out their careers on the whimper of WCW. They get to go out with a bang on ECW with their people, with what they know. So I respect that. So sad, man. We will see you at some point in the future. I I have no idea when. I might have to look it up and spoil it for myself because I'm really hoping it's on a pay-per-view so we can so we get to see it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That'd be Where nice. he, yeah, he just shows up you know, at the end of a main event or kind of yeah. or something. I'm like, Seeing him where he belongs. And we will have the right music for it, too. So True. It will actually be the pure pop and not a and synthetic maybe, pop. Then maybe I'll do the Sandman game. You know, yeah, I guess yeah, I, I did it in the original run. You have to do it going forward. I can do that. I'm not a great chugger, but I can try. Moving on to our next match, which I think we probably could have predicted would have been match of the night, knowing the card. Yes. And... It this didn't, it didn't disappoint in that respect. It, no. I don't know if it disappointed as a whole. We'll kind of talk through it, but it is the Jersey Triad versus Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn for the tag team titles. This was a welcome breath of fresh air after the junkyard match. Yeah, coming I think, into a match that like we know, okay, this is going to be a good match. Yeah, this definitely was the like. Do I stop watching? Okay, you know. Okay, no. Which it's just kind of the Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn spot at this point of just like a, I feel like I want to die. Eh, okay, you know I can I can stick it out. Yeah, honestly, because you know that those guys are going to do real wrestling. So we get the same length video package as all the other ones. About seven minutes. Yeah. DDP grabs a mic when they come out, and I feel like I've seen this before. However, there is the great line. Of all three of them, of bada bing, bada boom, bada bang. <laughs> yes, I love it. Embrace I heard, the jersey. I heard that line, and I watched this without Nick. We watched this one separately. I heard that line. I was like, Nick is going to lock on to that line. And he came home and watched it while I was in the bedroom or something. And he comes in, he's like, bada bing, bada boom. I'm like, fuck, I was no, right. No, All right. what I said to you is, that's currently my best bit. Yes. <laughs> so, match starts. Tony does note that the Jersey Triad rule is weird. How it can be, you know, they can just rotate people. Yeah. Nick it, got focused okay. on the word rotate. Okay. We we fought about this a little bit. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm willing to relent a little bit. It actually is a lot more seamless in this match than other matches because they don't do as many ref admonishing the person on the floor for cheating. Yes. It's and, kind of and also accepted. I, my main annoyance in this match is it starts off with two guys on the apron like as a handicap match. And then once DDP tags out, he goes to the floor. And I'm just like, wait, so what the fuck? Is it a handicap match or not? Like, just fucking pick one. I think you were hyper-focusing on the word rotate. 
Because Tony Schiavone said that they are rotating. Yeah, and but, you were like, oh, if well, there's two guys on the apron and one guy on the floor, then there should always be two guys on the apron. Yes. I I stand by that. It's a matter of you either have two guys on the, on the apron or you have one and you rotate. Where This is now a new thing where I, I, I said before, it should just be both of them on the apron. It should I, just always be a three on two. It is a three on two, but the triad don't give a shit about the rules, and that's established. Like we can't even say like there no, are rules. But they it's do established. Some, but they do sometimes because the person, because the third person drops to the to the floor because they're not allowed to be on the apron. Are they are they actually told by the ref that they're not allowed to be on the apron, or do they just go to the floor because they feel like being on the floor? They go to the floor in a managerial sense. The way they act is as a third person manager. I don't know. I, I think they, that you put they, too they, much they do. into I it. I watched this closely. That said, <sighs> as mentioned, they don't do as many of the ref admonishing, hey, you can't be involved. So it's a, it's a lot more seamless in this match than previous matches. I just don't think that there's actually, anything to your argument. I, I, just I, think you're, I think you're thinking about it more than anybody else involved in this match did. I actually think it's DDP's fault. Really? I do. I think DDP is the only one who actually goes to the floor. The Kenny and Bam Bam Bigelow both stay on the apron. But DDP also has that like cockiness to his character. So he'll go on the floor and he'll be like, yeah, we're killing them. We're crushing this, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, DDP also famously is like, we write the whole match out before we go out there. True. So I wonder so maybe if... he just like knew. Well, I think the rules. That's why I'm thinking, I'm like, is he sticking to it and then... Kenny and Bam Bam were like, it's fucking whatever. We'll just or be on the apron. does he just know that he's not about to be tagged in because he wrote the whole thing so he hasn't been to go on the floor and play with the audience a little bit? I'm, I don't know about that. He he does do well in bringing the, the, the uh, crowd back into this because I think this is probably the best time of any to note, fuck this. Okay, I, I was going to say fuck this crowd, but this crowd has been given dog shit to work with. Because oh, the I, crowd, I didn't think fuck this crowd. What's wrong with the crowd? Because they start playing with beach balls in the middle of this match. Okay, well, can you blame them? For the, you didn't do it during the last match. Sorry, we don't know. It, they may have. Actually, shit. Yeah, that's. They probably did. Actually, yeah, we kind of ignored that aspect of the yeah, there was match. there was no audience. Yeah, the well, audience was absolutely playing with those beach balls during that no, because yeah, they probably I, had like tiny ass jumbotrons and. Yeah, I just realized that we entirely ignored the fact that the, the crowd just watched the match on TV yeah. for the entirety of that. From a very far distance, so they probably couldn't, they could probably tell even less than we could who was in that match. Jeez, yeah, I didn't. So yeah, can you really blame them for bringing out the beach balls? Bring out the beach balls during Ernest Miller in the cat. That was the first <laughs> match! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yes, during this match, there are some beach balls, and the audience is a little more enthralled with what's happening with the balls than they are with what's happening in the ring. And they do kind of change, like they shift their focus. They're throwing the booze at security. They are obviously not watching the match. I know what you mean. They are not throwing their booze at, at security. Although at the end, somebody frisbee a pizza box. Did you see that? I, okay, was that what it was? Yeah. Well, not really. I see it. Like, so before we get into the match itself, Bobby suddenly like turns it back on and like into like a, a great like analytical commentator when he's trying to put over the Jersey triad. Like like you go like one by one, like here's why each of these men are great. And it's like, oh. That's true. He does do that. I think that Canyon really carried this match. 
Bam Bam was in for like an entirety of maybe 30 seconds. I agree he with you on the Bam Bam. Very much I mean, Kevin was very good in this match. I, I, he I, was. I don't, I don't know how. I, when you're in there with Saturn and Benoit, I don't know how much I'll, give you, I'll, I'll say you okay. carried a match. He didn't carry his match, he carried his team. I thought DDP was fine. But Canyon did most of the heavy lifting yeah. for the triad. So actually in this match, we get a nice chop from Benoit on the apron, which leads to a T-bone suplex from Saturn. Then we get a snap suplex from Benoit into like a lion tamer. Yeah. Which was a transitional move into like a throw. And I'm like, you guys were friends. Just fucking nicking your friend's finisher. Yeah. Or maybe it was an homage. Like, you know, Jericho, I hope you're watching. I miss you, bud. Maybe it was that. I think we might have gotten Emily's least favorite spot in the history of wrestling. Oh. The double, double snot rocket from the faces. Yep. Oh, that was not fun for <laughs> yeah, Emily. Yeah, it was weird that and was gross. I'm like, ah. I hated that. Challenges work over Canyon, including a diving leg drop from Saturn. You know what could have made the double, double snot rocket my absolute least favorite? If, if, if they did it, in, it through the stun gun. <laughs> Just like, it's electrified snot. <laughs> no, I was thinking if somebody has an opponent in a bear hug. <laughs> okay. And then doubles not rockets them. So the numbers gain finally gives the champs the advantage. You get a nice stalling suplex and then a falling headbutt from Bam Bam Bigelow. One of his like two spots of this match. And this is where I noted beach balls have entered the fray of all the matches. I wish it wasn't this match, because this match was, you know, okay, we're back, we're good, everything's going to be okay yeah. now. But again, can't blame the audience. We then get a super belly-to-belly suplex, and we get a hot tag from both teams, and Benoit cleans house until DDP stops him with a diving clothesline. And then he goes up the ropes to taunt the crowd, and like falls, so it has to like roll <laughs> yeah. through it. And then jumps up on the apron. He actually managed to recover pretty well. He did. He sold it very well. But it was just that, well. like, oh. There was one bit in that that I didn't even notice until I was rewatching it with you. He goes up on the guardrail to, like, that is, you know, on the edge of the outside to the, the crowd. And he just fully stands on top of the guardrail and grabs some random audience member's hand to steady himself. <laughs> the amount of trust that he had in some random stranger to keep him upright. I thought that was so cool. It was so sick. Like, I love DDP. But yeah, he really he really sold that fall. It was a very clear fall. He fell. Yeah, he lost no, his I, I was really hoping he was going to pull Cesaro and go into the crowd and rip up the beach ball. Yeah, you were, you were so hell-bent on ending those beach balls. We do get a nice moment of an attempted sunset flip or aloha to aloha. Benoit. And, like, he grabs the rope, so DDP on the apron, like, kicks his hands off. Like, okay, you yeah. know. It's like smart tag team action. We also get like an awesome Alabama slam spine buster from Canyon. And again, I'm like, I wish, I don't even know what the hell it is. I'm like, I wish Canyon didn't have a finisher and just had more. Just like, oh yeah, he just wins matches with these like random cool ass moves. Mm, yeah. The issue is he just doesn't win matches. That's, yeah. And he's so good. Like he should be getting the same kind of push that like Buff is getting. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Like, he's so good. I then wrote here, I think this is where Beach Balls and all that were getting to me, and the booing security. We're fuck this crowd. Yeah. We do the lift for the tag spot, which is just part of every DDP That's tag. That's just DDP's thing now. And he gets the tag, but I don't even see how the ref misses it. I'm like, wait, happened so quick. I'm like, how the fuck did you miss that? So then DDP hits a sit-out powerbomb on Benoit. 
The heels work over Benoit until a hot tag to Saturn and Bam Bam Bigelow misses his top rope moonsault. At this point, the ref does not give a shit who the legal man is because nope. he's just counting the pin for any combination that they go with. DDP breaks up the pin after a diving headbutt and diving splash like combo. And then Canyon grabs the powder when Saturn goes for the Death Valley driver and throws it at Saturn, but actually hits both men, which I, I thought was a, you know... Good. Realistic. I mean. Yeah, a realistic thing of just like, yeah, it's powder. It's going to go fucking everywhere. So do we know where the powder came from? Is this a like running thing with them? Because it was just kind of like... I think it's just... I mean, surprise I, powder. It's just a general heel tactic. It's not... I mean, it might have been under the ring or he had it like, you know, it is in his tights the whole time. Do we know what the powder was or is it okay that I keep calling it pocket sand? <laughs> we, we can do that. Uh, it's pocket sand. It's Man, basically... Sand. It basically is. <laughs> So both of them are blind, and DDP, while blinded, just feels a body and hits the diamond cutter on Canyon. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I like that. Yeah. Again, realistic. Saturn or Benoit then goes for the pin, but Bam Bigelow puts Canyon's foot on the rope. I want to say it's Benoit because because Benoit was not the legal man. It was like, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I lost track of who was legal, and I'm sure that everybody did. Yeah. So Benoit then hits a, a beautiful bridging German suplex on DDP, but he kicks out. <sighs> And it just turns into a little bit of a mess. Maybe he has a metal trash can. That doesn't... I don't think that that's a fake trash can. That seemed like... That looked like our kitchen trash can. Yeah. No, we can't afford that. That's like the $270 <laughs> trash can. Like, it's a trash can. Why does it cost this much? <laughs> yes. We've broken like four plastic trash cans at we? this point. Yes. No, I think we only, only broken one. I think like two have gotten molded. Two have molded out, yeah. But so, this is the one that we like long after in Bed Bath & Beyond. It's a nice, real trash can. Yeah, so it hits both men, and then they finally figure out the assisted diamond cutter, which is basically just a 3D, and yeah. the triad get the win. Although, Bam Bam Bigelow does have to grab the ref and be like, we already did the spot you're not supposed to see. Go count the fucking pin. Because he's like, he has the pin for a while. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess another false finish. Like, no, no, no. Just no, no, no. Ref fucked up. Oh, God. This was a good match. It was a bit messy. It was fun. I liked this match yes. a lot. I'm looking for fun at this point. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I wish certain bits had been a little bit crisper, but yeah. it was good. It was more or less what I expected from them. Yeah, I mean, it, with these five, yeah, this is the match you're going to get, and that's not a problem. That's not a bad thing. As much as I enjoyed this match, I don't feel the need to see a rematch. I, I wanted... No, I think I'm done with this this team up. I guess you do Ray and Conan versus the Triad. Yeah, I guess. I'm like, who do you have challenge the titles next? Like, the tag division's not in the best spot. No, there's really not many tag teams anymore. I just realized Billy Kidman was not on this. Yeah, he's not really in any storylines. I mean, the last like thing storyline he actually had was the Hugh Morris thing, and then his match got interrupted by Macho Man, and that's kind of it. He's like dating Tori now, though, isn't he? Oh yeah. Let's move on to my favorite match of the night. This is your favorite? Oh, my God. Let's move on to the boxing match. <laughs> Holy Jesus. Okay. I, this is going to be a uh, contrast from the two of us. I'm sorry. I loved this match. So it is Roddy Piper versus Buff Bagwell with Judge Mills Lane as the special guest ref. And Mills Lane comes out in a judge's robe, but does end up taking it off for it. Yeah. And this match apparently also warrants Michael Buffer. And I'm like, okay. I think because it was a boxing match, like, yeah, okay, he does boxing stuff, so let's bring him out. Wouldn't this have been, like, a real big payday for Michael Buffer? I don't know how Michael Buffer's pay scale works. Because, like, 
has to be paid by like I assume it's like a regular day rate. It's not a okay like for each match. Like is that? I don't know. I don't understand how his contract works. I thought it was by appearance, not by match. But is it by appearance in the show? Like he he was there twice, I, I, so he announced two matches. I Does guess he get double his maybe? rate? Either man, either way, that man is making a killing. Oh my god, yeah, he does not want for anything. So Piper comes out with Ric Flair in his corner. Buff comes out, and Tony has the line, "Listen to this ovation." I'm like, it's fine. Wasn't anything crazy. Wasn't it? Wasn't no. like a Stone Cold Steve Austin pop. Oh god, no. But Buff comes out it, actually in boxing shorts, which I did appreciate. Yeah, because Piper comes out in his trunks and it just looks weird. I didn't think it looked weird, but you were more focused on the fact that his um, gloves were not taped Oh, well, on. yeah. Well, well, because Buff comes down to the ring after being all annoying. And he, like, takes his gloves off to cut a promo. I'm like, those are supposed to be, like, taped to your hands. Like, how the fuck did you just take that off? And then he brings out someone to be in his corner since Rick is in Roddy Piper's corner. And Emily, who's here? Who's making their return I, we haven't seen this person in, like, seven months. Emily, it, who is it? It is Judge Judy Bagwell. <laughs> Who's not a judge. But she was announced... So they announced her as Judge Judy Bagwell. I thought it was Judge Judy at first. Because it was, you know, Mills Lane. Another TV judge would have been funny. But then they said Bagwell. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Judy yes. Bagwell is back. Yes. I am sold. I am here. I am ready. And you were obsessed with her t-shirt. <laughs> Love her. Oh my god! Because she was also wearing the like you know beach boardwalk airbrushed sort of cartoon shirt. Yeah. But it was of her and Buff, and it was really cute. And she was wearing Buff's um, top hat on the shirt. Oh my god! I want that shirt so badly. If anybody's listening and knows how to get me that t-shirt, please, <laughs> I will give you money. So before the match starts, Ric Flair grabs the mic. And is like, this is your chance to walk away from this. Like, no one will think any less of you. You are out of your depth boxing Roddy Piper. Like, you are about to get your ass kicked. And his delivery feels very genuine. Like, it, it wasn't like this heel taunting. It was very much like a, no, you are about to, like, fuck up your life effectively. Are you sure you want to do this? You said it sounded earnest. It's important. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I make the joke a lot and you hate it every time <laughs> you said it sounded very genuine I'm changing that however do you honestly in reality think that if Buff Bagwell had walked away from this match when Ric Flair said you know what no one will think less of you do you honestly think that Ric Flair would have thought the same of Buff Bagwell or he wouldn't you don't think that he would have used this as like no, I'm not, what okay. a weak little bitch I'm not disputing that yeah. but like it was meant to be the vibe of, like, if I suddenly had a boxing match with Mike Tyson and they're, like, that I was, like, required to do, and they're, like, hey, we'll give you an out. Like, yeah, I'll go. I'll, uh. Even if you're already in front of the crowd, though? Yeah. Oh, fuck them. My, my brain is worth more than a couple boos. So, considering you love this match so much, do you want to run us through it? Because I don't really have much. I don't really have much on the, like, boxing of it. But I can run you through, like, my highlights. Okay, go ahead. What I really liked about this match at first is, or what I noted about this match first, it makes Buff Bagwell look like an actual boxer. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He looks like he knows how to be in a fight. Maybe not a boxer, but he knows how to hold his own. 
in a boxing match. Roddy Piper looks like, you know when two cats are, like, interacting and one cat gets the other cat's face and that cat, like, bops him on the head to be like, hey, back off? That's what Roddy Piper was doing to Buff. Like, it was just like a, hey, go away. And that just came up as very weak to me. So I was really enjoying, like, how they were pushing Buff in this. But that's not the best part of this match. So later on down the down the line, um, Ric Flair decides to sabotage the match. It is Surprise. A, it is after round one. Kel Surprise. Yeah, I forgot there were rounds of this. Yeah, because they're like, oh, it's ten three-minute rounds. And then round two starts. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's two-minute rounds. Oh, my God, yeah. After round one, the audience turned on this match so hard. The booze. Oh, my God. Yeah, beautiful. I think they were ready for a quick knockout. Like, oh, no, no. you're going to stretch this? Okay. No, they stretched it out. So in round two... As they're, like, you know, doing the comically large yellow sponges to dab away sweat. Or Rick just Flair, Rick Flair and you squeeze the sponge <laughs> over Roddy Piper's head and just soak him. Oh, my God. It was disgusting. But during that, Ric Flair takes, like, a spray bottle and, like, a little wipe and sprays something on Roddy Piper's glove and tells him to do something with it. But he's, like, covering his glove in this solution of some sort. So they start round two. Roddy Piper starts going at um, Buff Bagwell, hits him in the eye a couple of times. All of a sudden, he's, you know, blind, essentially, because it's it's like alcohol or something. We don't know what it is. We're assuming it's like soap or alcohol or something. What I love, I just, I loved Buff and his mom's interaction in well, this match. I, I think you missed it. I did laugh at one point. Judge Bills Lane goes to investigate Piper's gloves. Like, I think... Mm. I think there's something on there. And Piper puts his hands behind his back and Rick is there and wiping off the gloves. Yeah, I totally like, missed that. Okay. You know who made absolutely no difference to me in this match? Judge Mills Lane. Yeah. Couldn't have cared less that he was there. Yeah, that probably cost a decent amount of money and made no difference. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking. Only a little, though. Not much. Anyway, so when Buff has all this stuff in his eyes, he, like, kind of backs off to the corner a little bit while the judge is, you know, looking at the gloves and his mom is there with the sponge and like wiping out his eyes it was really cute anyway so as the, ma- the match well, I, continues, I think at one point she wiped his eyes during the round and i'm like yeah it was not, during the round it's not allowed mom had to take care of his son i don't even know how we got here though but at some point the ref gets distracted and roddy piper is on the ropes with his back to judy no no, no. the ref is not distracted for any of this Oh, okay. I just so, kind of assumed. So you missed two notes I want to hit before we, we go to the finish of this. I, yeah, I'm really just focused uh, on the Round finish. one, Buff gets knocked down. Round two, Piper gets knocked I'm down. I'm not focusing are, on the boxing of it there all. There are several moments where like, I really thought Buff was supposed to win by knockout in round one. Because Piper just like entirely lets his guard down and just like, hit me. like Basically like has the stance of hit me in the face and knock me out. And then Buff doesn't. And I'm like, okay. So before round three starts and the crowd's booing... Piper goes and hits Buff before the round starts, Mm -hmm. which prompts Judy to come in. However, the bell rings to start round three. Okay. And I wasn't, I was not focusing on any of the boxing of it all. I was only focusing on the shenanigans going on outside of the boxing. And because Judge Mills Lane is here, Judy bites Piper's ear. Yeah, she comes up behind Piper and grabs him by the head and just snacks on his ear, basically. Amazing. And then. Goes back outside, grabs the bucket, pours the water on Piper's head, and then puts, and the, puts bucket the bucket on his head. <laughs> so Buff- he's like wobbling around with a bucket on his head. Buff then has to tap Piper on the shoulder like, I'm over here, turn towards me. 
and then hits Piper with the bucket on his head. Buff then goes to the second rope and hits the blockbuster in his gloves on Piper. And gets and, a pin. And then goes to pin him. Judge Mills Lane, clearly who's never watched wrestling, doesn't Counts do it. the traditional ref count. He does like the point ref count of like one, two, three. And apparently he didn't even get to three or something. He, he did not put his hand down three times because he was doing like, he was putting his arm, like, he was moving he did, his but, arm. But Bobby said he didn't on this commentary is, afterwards. This is derailing. He pinned him in, in a boxing match. It was so what chaotic. The fuck? I was obsessed. <laughs> I loved it so much. It was so much chaos. It was so quick. Nothing made any sense. I loved it. I was too confused to hate it, but I hated I it. Loved it. <laughs> oh, and then at the at the end, Judy fucking gets her shit in, brother. She yes, she does. Fucking throws water at Ric Flair and like gets the mat soaking wet. And it's like, you bitch. Oh yeah. Yeah, she made sure that they were not following her when they left because he had soap in his face now. Yeah, there there are worse boxing matches in the history of wrestling. Yeah, it wasn't the one that we watched uh, last week. <laughs> yeah, that that was this. I, ironically, that had that had a finish that was a DQ that I was like, oh, that shouldn't have been, and this had a finish that wasn't it wasn't it should have been a DQ. It was so off the rails. I thought this was the best wrestling boxing match oh this like saved me a little bit mentally i was like this is amazing this is what i want this is the dogs this is the hurricane going into a swinging into boxes this is it no this was not the dogs the dogs were way more chaos energy oh this was this was chaos energy Honestly, the fact that Judge Mills Lane was just suddenly fine with all of it, like, what the... That also been, made no sense. There has been nothing to indicate, because he was pretty by the book. And then he just wasn't. Yeah. Like, why was Judge Mills Lane there? Who cares? Let's just get to the main event. <laughs> I love that Because things so are going to get much. so much more coherent from here. Surprise, that's my best bit. <laughs> I fucking love that match so much. Watch that match for the chaos energy. Watch that match. I, I disagree, but you know, based okay. based on how your tastes relate to the two of us, I guess. Go if from you want there. good wrestling, don't watch it. If you want to feel something, watch. I it. honestly, I I have, I think I know that your MVP is me. One of two people. I just don't know which one yet. But let's go to the main event. It is a tag team match for the WCW title. Which I'm sure this will be the most significant tag team match to ever happen for the WWE Honestly, title. I was really expecting something big to happen in this match because it was the main event. And it's Bash to the Beach. It is Kevin Nash and Sting versus Sid Vicious and Randy Savage. We get the very long recap per usual. And they like cut out of the end of the package that there was a fake Sting who was attacking Kevin Nash. Yes. However... Tony Schiavone notes this on commentary, so I'm like, are you trying to pull this weird wool over our eyes or no? I, yeah, I don't know. This is another one of those, this is the same thing as I said earlier, where, like, commentary seems to be following the storylines, or what the storylines should be, but this talent's not. It's also very unclear if, like, if Savage pins Sting, does Savage win the title? But commentary seems to indicate, like, Bobby specifically is like, yeah, why would Kevin Nash get in the ring? Yeah. There's literally nothing good for him in the ring. Because Sting can also pin him. Yeah. And get Oh yeah, yeah. The That's title. also a thing that really 
doesn't come up outside of some weird tension. Yeah, Sting can pin Kevin Nash. Which again, I'm like, why is this not a four-way match? If I was Kevin Nash, I would just wait for the bell to ring and then leave the arena. What are you doing? Like, yeah, this made no sense. So Sting comes out, and it is actually Sting. I was ready for yes. it to be fake Sting. And Tony Schiavone is like, yes, I have watched Sting for years. This is Sting. Good. I, I didn't catch Tony Schiavone, but yeah, this was 100% real Sting. It was not the Rosie O'Donnell lookalike that I saw last week. No, 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 because there was a different fake Sting as well last yes. week. Yes, yeah. <laughs> See, I want to go back to the fun match. Can we keep talking about Judy Bagwell? No, we have to talk about Gorgeous George. I would really rather just like not talk about this much. And let's not give it a lot of uh, airtime. So, I, I actually, I think I cut it out of last week's episode because I'm like, no, they don't actually do this. They have Gorgeous George come out and I'm like, does she have a black eye? She comes out wearing sunglasses. Sunglasses. And then she takes them off and I see the eye I saw and I went, oh, okay, they didn't. Thank God. And then she turns like, oh God, it's the other eye. Yeah. They have done some black eye makeup <laughs> They gave her some black eye shadow. <laughs> yeah, but it... <laughs> But let's be serious about it. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's it's just very poorly done, which is why I laugh. It really is. The, because like, the, last Nitro went off the air with Randy Savage going to beat yes. Gorgeous George after slapping Tori Wilson, yes. which apparently, especially because they were in Atlanta, Turner higher-ups were like, what the absolute fuck is this? Good. So, so yeah, we are. I don't know how much this the, will continue after the next Nitro. We, but. as the crowd, are supposed to assume that after that Nitro last week, that something did happen with George and Macho, and now she is in the ring on Macho's side. He's being a little abusive towards her, like yeah, throwing he's around. Yeah, real aggressive. Like, like very you, you aggressive. Get over here. It's uncomfortable, especially once it's like clear that she does have like the black eye makeup on. Because it it's also really holds hard to watch. on this like storyline development for. A while, like it really, yes. st- it weirdly stalls before once everyone's out and the match starts. I don't want to give this too much airtime, yeah, just because it's it's not fun to talk about, and I would rather just like yeah, and, and, and we will it. also have to talk about it a little bit at the end of the match, yeah, because George then goes over to Kevin Nash's corner and it's like okay, like she's defecting, she's leaving the abusive boyfriend, yay, yeah, and Sting and Kevin Nash are both like okay, yeah, we will like defend you here, yeah, like, you're safe. It's a good thing. It's great. Yeah, Sting hits Savage from behind when he goes to go get George, and the match finally starts. And it's like, Sting is far and away the best and quickest wrestler of the four. Oh, my God, yeah. I, God, I really, I have not much from this match. It goes for a little while, but it's... There's not much to it. Yeah, like, there's it's... tension between Sting and Nash early on that just vanishes, and it's fine. Nash stays out of the ring for as long as he can, and then he just tags in for some reason. Yeah, Bobby Heenan at this point is like, yeah, Nash won't lose the title if Sting gets pinned, but he's staying to be a good partner. Yeah. It's pretty boring offense from both teams. They eventually go outside and Medusa and Molly awkwardly surround Sting to like wait for their spot. And I don't know whose spot it was supposed to be, but Molly eventually has to like run over to like go choke Sting at one yeah. point. By the way, good we're just Molly. calling her Molly now. Yeah, Miss Madness, Molly. It's It's Molly. We love her. They try to do the exhausted, like, f- like fall headbutt to the groin, but they're so zoomed in that you see Sting, like, not actually hit it. Yeah, there were a couple of angles in this match that, like, you could really see them, you know, not hitting each other. They do two different hot tags to Nash where he goes and cleans house. 
Yeah, like, why are you even tagging in? Why? No, but it's like, you just hit the same spot again. Like, I know, f- but also, why are you tagging in? So the women then just come into the middle of the ring, and Sting grabs them, and just does, like, the bash the heads together spot with the two of them. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Even weirder, Sting then hits the Stinger splash in the corner on Sid, and then hits it on both Medusa and Molly. And I'm like, why? Yeah, he hits three Stinger splashes in, in a row. It was just very strange. He then hits one on Savage in the corner, but, like, Savage's in, in between Savage and the turnbuckle is Nash, so Nash gets stunned from that. And I think it's meant to be this whole, like, oh, he's, like, he's, he's turning. Is, is he yeah. turning? Or it's like, oh, he's going to cost him. Sid then chokeslams Sting, which knocks him out of the match. Sid gets knocked down somehow by by Nash. I don't really remember how. And Nash goes for the jackknife power realm on Savage. But Gorgeous George suddenly enters the ring. And low blows so, Kevin Nash. Well, first she goes to Lobo Nash. And I guess she just didn't make enough contact or didn't make any contact. Because she goes to do it the first time and nothing happens. Oh, so she has like, to do it again. feel it. Oh. So... Low blows Nash, and Sid then scoop slams Nash. Savage hits the elbow, and Sid just lets Randy Savage get the pin. And new WWE champion, Randy Savage. Randy Savage, the abusive boyfriend. And George is back on his side now. Yep, and they pose, and I was, I don't want to say ready to forgive, but I was like, oh, okay. Also considering it just looked airbrushed. It's a fake black eye. Yeah, you were like, oh, okay, so this was just makeup, and we're, and she's going to like wipe it off, and nope, it'll be she fine. she has it on Nitra. It's really fucked up. And I hate that this is like this is the storyline that gets Randy Savage's title back. Like, I hate it. I hate everything about it. It's so disappointing and such a shit way to end the show. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, because he just wins, goes off the air, nothing else. There's big Goldberg chance during the main event here. and he's, Which is fair. Like, he's yeah, nowhere he, to be he seen. He should have come back, but... Nothing nothing of note, like, big return or, you know, bash of the beach worthy really happened in the show. Yeah. Just a lot of disappointment. Any thoughts on the match? No. <laughs> Any thoughts on the pay-per-view? Disappointing. Like, yeah. it was it was really... It just was just a of, show. It was average. Even then, I, I, you say... It was below average, probably. Yeah, it, it was below average, but I feel like we've watched worse shows where... Minus the junkyard match, which is more just weird than bad. Yeah. There was nothing like abysmal on this, I want to no, say. No, there was nothing egregious. It was all just kind of boring. It we, was all the same kind of match quality we've seen on Nitro. We've watched worse pay per views. Yes. Like, I stand by Super Brawl is. And I think Uncensored was also pretty bad. Oh my god, yeah. Uncensored was hard. <laughs> I mean, even the night show recently where I was like, no, I'll see you at the Bash the Beach. Yeah. Fuck you. Ugh, yeah, I mean, don't watch. I don't think there's anything. No. I know you say watch the boxing match. Just for the chaos I don't it. think there's anything I on this show it. worth watching. Even, you know, what I'm going to give my best bit to is not even worth seeking out. I just am ready for this storyline with Team Madness to end because I'm tired of... Ending shows with this nasty feeling in my stomach. Well. Because this is two in a row now that we've ended with a domestic abuse angle. And that's not a great way to leave a show. But yeah, so that's the pay-per-view. That's pay-per-view. And um, I realized through talking through this that um, I, I'm remembering 
that Mean Jeans, someone's here, is going to play a big factor oh, into, yeah. into tomorrow night. I didn't even ask you. You said to yep, ask you again at the main event. If I say the full thought, it will absolutely ruin it for you. <sighs> but um, If I call the hotline, will I know? You, you can try. <laughs> but pretty sure Randy Savage is about to enter a story with somebody who is suddenly here tonight again. For those wrestling history buffs... Knowing Randy Savage, you should not be surprised about who is about to come rain on his parade. Oh, if someone's coming to knock him down a peg, great. I'm all for it. Okay. I'll remember you said that on, night, on, uh, oh, on God, the next Kev- episode. Is Scott Hall However, back? that's going to be it for oh, this. No. Who's back? For this episode of the Butts in the Seats podcast. I guess, actually, it's not going to be totally it because we have to do best bit in MVP. Um, I think I'm well, you, you basically told me your best oh, I, bit. Yeah, my best bit is 100% the uh boxing match yeah i'm giving mine to the tag title match okay yeah i don't think that's a surprise yeah no um all right emily is your mvp judy bagwell (laughs) damn right it is (laughs) okay i thought there was a 50 50 shot um i'm gonna give i'm actually gonna give mine to the person i thought yours was gonna be until i remembered how much you love judy bagwell (laughs) you know we talked about a little bit i'll give mine to bobby (gasps) even Oh, I thought you were going to say buff. I'm no, sorry. God, no, no. I Bob- heard the B. I was like, you're going to give it to buff Bagwell? <laughs> no. It's happening? Bobby Heenan was constantly entertaining me throughout the show. That's and fair. So I'm like, you know what? I, nobody in the tag title match stood out enough. And there, there's there's nobody else. Yeah, that's fair. No, Bobby Heenan was actually absolutely the most entertaining part of this entire show. Yeah. Even though you you can just feel palpably how much he and Tony don't like they each other. They don't like each other. They don't want to be there. It's so, really fun. So that'll do it for this episode of the Bust Seeds Podcast. Uh, next up, the next Nitro. It'll be the July 12th, 1999 Monday Nitro. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Butts in the Pod. Also Instagram, same handle. Look us up, the Butts in the Seeds Podcast on Facebook. And you can listen to any of our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcast and Stitcher. Good job. You ran through everything. Yeah. Didn't even have to step in for social media. You got it all. Any uh, final thoughts on this train wreck before we get out of here? No, I'm really ready to move on. I'm ready. I was so, I had so many like high hopes for Bash of the Beach and none of them were met. Now, Emily, can I give you one good tease for this? Actually, I don't even have a good tease for this next night show or the Go one ahead. after it. This next Nitro is the final Nitro with Kevin Nash's lead booker. Yes, thank God. I mean, it's going to go back to Eric Bischoff and like and the committee afterwards, but... Um, but it's not Kevin Nash the hero. Yeah. Good. So that'll be the next episode, but until then, feel free to go back and listen to all of our old episodes or any of the ones you missed, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Butts in the Seats podcast. Bye.